I'm Chris Matthews. Welcome to Hot Ball on MSNBC. I got so much spittle around my food hole I could water the grass. Quite possibly it's from all those years of working for Tip O'Neill. Crazy. The other possible reason my saliva glands are all out of whack may possibly be because I drink scotch from a dog's bowl. Probably from too many years of working for Tip O'Neill being told I wasn't good enough, smart enough, or skinny enough. Plus, I got dillweeds like Bill O'Reilly taking shots at me every night. I'm probably one of the world's greatest minds. If you don't mind wearing a sneeze shield. The reason I don't let people finish their answers is because I can't hear what they're saying. My ears are not even hooked up. The constant swishing of saliva in my mouth sounds like the ocean. The only time I truly feel comfortable is when we take hardball out on the road on MSNBC. That way I can try to convince co-eds to come back to my hotel room. That is, before they realize in order to kiss me and get close to my mouth, they have to be wearing a mask and a snorkel. Many people don't realize John McCain suffered from the same malady, but he had his saliva glands burned closed. Obama didn't. Just one of the many varied and stunning differences we like to point out here on MSNBC. Here's one more important fact you should realize before you go to the voting booth. They have different hair color. I'm Chris Matthews playing hardball on MSNBC. And the nomination is going to Rand Paul. <laughs> this is what I do for a living. Go ahead. It's Brit Summers at the Brit Summers Show. My friends, I believe it's time this country had some moral Christian leadership. And for that, I need your checks. This goes out to you, Paula White, Johnny Kane, and your ex-boyfriend, Benny Hinn. Good little Christians trying to run our lives with red balls in their mouth on Friday nights. Good little Christians. God's their marketing tool. Good little Christians, forgiven instantly. That's why they never have to tell the truth. Good little Christians, married to Stepford wives. They like to swap and swing in cheap hotels. Good little Christians, protecting us from ourselves, from rings of fire in the depths of hell. Yeah, Saturday nights are convenient for good Christians because the, the next day they can get cleansed of all of their previous sins. You're listening to 95.3, 96.9, 103.9 FM, 1470 WWNN. I almost didn't get a show out this week because uh, my roommate is very ill. And it turns out um, she has a, a, a this fever, but she doesn't have a flu and she doesn't have coronavirus or anything like that. It's from some infection. And we took her to doctor after doctor. And the, uh, the one doctor said, I don't know. And we took her to another doctor and she said, I don't know. Meanwhile, she has a fever and, uh, and uh, her extremity, she can't move her feet or her feet hurt. Nobody knows what it is. Uh, so eventually 
she's going to have to go, I guess, to the emergency room. Now, here's the thing. Uh, we have a uh, digital thermometer. And so the first couple of times I took her temperature, it was like 211 degrees. I'm like, no, no, this doesn't work. And so I went to CVS. I went to Walgreens to find a thermometer, a real one, you know, the glass one, the accurate one that works. I, I found this out. They don't sell those anymore because there's mercury inside them. Yeah, well, if you're dumb enough to chew on glass and suck on mercury, then uh, I say process of elimination. That's a thinning of the herd, if you're that stupid. Well, apparently people have done that, and now we're stuck with just digital, because we're living in the future, uh, just digital thermometers, and they are highly inaccurate, except if you buy the ones over $50. If you get the ones like I had, that's like 10 bucks or 15 bucks, they're inaccurate. Uh, you got to make sure the right out of the uh, package, it might work if you're lucky because the battery's fresh. But uh, I, just to see, because I'm feeling fine. So to test it, I put the digital thermometer in my mouth just to see. And it turns out, you know, <laughs> the number was 95.3. <laughs> And maybe it's a radio antenna too, because this is, you're listening to 95.3, 96.9, and 103.9. So all of those could be temperatures. But none of the times that I used the thermometer was at 98.6. Just ask Keith. Hey, 98.6, it's good to have you back again. Oh, hey. 98.6, her loving is the medicine that saved me. Oh, I love my baby. Yeah, so I was ready to buy a regular, normal glass thermometer. Oh, and by the way, they have the ear ones. Those are 60 and $70. You just can't get the little glass thing anymore, so I, I, I used what we had. Uh, I, I got a fresh battery for it, which that was six bucks, and it kind of worked. Now, her fever's still high, and we're probably going to have to take her to the emergency room because this is getting ridiculous now, but it's going to cost her. Now, here's the whole point I'm making, because you're hearing about, even with the uh, Democratic candidates and they're debating, what they're saying is, with the exception of Bernie, all the other candidates are saying, especially Mayor Pete Booty Booty. It's the insurance policies that Americans love. Who planted that line? The insurance policies that Americans love. They just don't want to part with them. Now, she has a great insurance policy, if you could call it that, who recently doubled the deductibles and uh, took off uh, coverages. Why? Because it's one of the insurance policies that Americans love so much. We can't take those away from people. Does anybody out there within the sound of my voice love their insurance policy? Do you know anybody who loves their insurance policy? So this insurance policy only covers a certain amount of doctors. None of the doctors know what the hell it is. Uh, so she's going to be forced to go to the emergency room because hopefully somebody on that staff will know 
But with a Cadillac plan like she has, of course, it's an insurance policy that Americans love. It's going to be out of pocket $200, which before was only 100 See, they doubled it. So it's a miracle that I'm, I'm getting this show out. Uh, and thank you for uh, bearing with me. <clears throat> if I don't, I'll ask for your forgiveness in advance if this uh, show is out late. But at least now, you know why. I am a giant health insurance corporation. I want you to believe I'm your friend. I am a protection racket. I am a legal version of the black hand. I profit from your illness. I profit when you're well. I decide who lives, and I decide who dies. I am a white-collar corporate crime syndicate. I am accountable to no governing office. I am Brooks Brothers Christianity. I am arrogant. I have more rights than you. I just want to wet my beak. An ordinary day. Okay, make sure when you get there that we- Look out! Are you all right? I, I, I think so. A car accident. Millions of people experience this unfortunate incident every year. One insurance company has you covered. So when accidents happen, when disaster strikes, think happens. At Happens Insurance, we know there are some things you can't control. After all, happens. We got a lot of heavy rain when a storm blew through it. Flooded my basement, cost thousands of dollars in damage. I lost a lot of my belongings. It was devastating. But then I remembered. Shit happens. Shit happens insurance. Covering your family when accidents and disasters strike. Because we know. Shit happens. It happens insurance. It happens insurance. A subsidiary of. Holy shit. Incorporated. You're listening to the Brit Summer Show. <laughs> I hate to be an I told you so. But anybody out there who was like really enchanted by all those beautiful Mike Bloomberg commercials. Now you see the lipless lizard he is. He stepped out from behind the curtain during those debates. So now you see what I'm talking about? This is what the LGBT cacus is all all moist about? This guy, Mike Bloomberg? Is that because uh, in Florida, let me say up front, when our primary happens, I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be Bloomberg. It's not going to be Bernie. Because we're stupid in Florida. We thrive on stupidity. And we watch a lot of TV down here. And uh, they don't know who that guy was in the debate. All they know about Mike Bloomberg is what they see on the television. The television, if if it's on TV, it must be the absolute truth. Look at his commercials. Well, you've seen his fluffy commercials. Uh, they're very slick, they're very expensive, they're very good, very well-made commercials. But now that you've seen, nationally, I mean, New Yorkers have known this all along, but nationally, really, seriously, seriously, Mike Bloomberg, the NDA stay in effect. Of course, he uh, lifted that since. The NDA stay in effect. Maybe I told a dirty joke. I don't know. What am I doing here? I'm so bored. You saw him on that stage rolling his eyes, getting impatient. And then at the very end, and no one talked about this, at the very end after the debate, he was standing there looking at humans doing things. When all the uh, candidates, 
most of them anyway, uh, were circulating about the audience, shaking hands, doing what candidates do, taking selfies. Uh, he stood there. <laughs> he was just standing there. What do I do? I have to touch human flesh? How do I, how do I approach this here? Well, what am I doing? Somebody guide me. Somebody tell me yes. Because I surround my... Billionaires surround themselves with yes people. And there was no one around him to say yes. So he was like staring down a little kind of a crooked smile, much as he could, at, at somebody that wanted to shake his hand. And he wasn't quite sure. And he kind of like half bent down. Half bent down. What do I... Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, okay. I'll shake your hand. If you're a New Yorker, you, you know what a douchebag this guy is. But the Goyim and the Metagons, and down here especially, it really, I mean, hillbilly mentality. I saw it on TV, and according to the television commercial, look at that guy who was standing up there, like moving his mouth like, you know, a freshly caught fish is trying to gasp for oxygen. He was like moving his mouth. Like, uh, uh, uh. That's what you want? You want, but while well, he was mayor of New York, you know. He's one of them slick New Yorkers. He ought to know. Uh, like that other guy. What's his name? Oh, yeah, Don Trump. Yeah. What a bunch of Michigan we got down here in South Florida. And he's going to win in the primary down here. He's going to take Florida. Uh, along with uh, all of the other southern states like Mississippi and Louisiana. Because uh, they don't know who he is. They don't know. No. They're, and especially down here, you think they're, they we're a sophisticated society. Then, no. They like to think they're sophisticated and erudite and uh, all this, but they're not. They do whatever they're told to do by watching TV. TV tells them what to do, like our LGBT caucus down here. Oh, yeah, Bloomberg's got your back, just like Hillary did. You didn't do your homework with her either, who voted twice as senator against gay marriage. Oh, but don't go, she's evolving. You can't use that with Bloomberg. That lizard doesn't evolve. That won't work at all with him. And, of course, the uh, liberal elites, like uh, Judge Judy and uh, uh, Streisand and all of them, of course, they want Bloomberg. He's their pal. He's got more money than they do, and they're impressed by that. And there's a guy that will look after their money with great care, which is all they really give a crap about. Mayor of New York. Yeah, he changed the rules so he could run for a third term. Things you don't know that won't be in his fluffy television commercials, his fluffy and very polished television commercials. And and despite even seeing him on the stage and, and seeing what a lizard he is, emotionless, uh, kind of, well, you get that rich, you do become inhuman. You, you're not in touch with humanity at all after that. Oh, but he's a big philanthropist. He gets money out of it. Yeah, yeah, it's a tax break. Oh, he's all hard. It's so stupid. People are so goddamn stupid. I, I just, they fall right over when I see a TV spot. I guess that explains why the uh, uh, robo sales calls you get on your cell phone that annoy you all day. By the way, Mr. Number. Very good app. It, it blocks them. That's what I use. It's free. It's called Mr. Number. Public service announcement to the Brit Summers audience out there. Uh, but those sales, the reason those sales calls are relentless is because, evidently, people are falling for it. People are answering the phone saying, oh, really? You're the IRS? <laughs> well, it's the same mentality that absolutely accepts whatever they see on TV. And I only wonder 
if uh, these same people, when they see these pharma ads for ailments that never have been invented yet, they, they what do they buy each one? Do they call their doctor to see if they're all right for that person? Do they take them all at once? Well, well, why not? It's on TV. Yeah, but he was mayor of New York three times. So was Rudy Giuliani. You want to vote for that guy? You want for president? You want to vote for him? He was mayor of New York. So why not make him president, ruler of the world, because he was mayor in New York City? Let's say, who else was mayor in New York City? Somebody that everybody loved, who happened to be a lousy mayor. I'm walking up Fifth Avenue to 9th Street, and people are very nice, and they're saying, oh, mayor, it's so nice to have you back. And then I get to Palducci's, and there is a guy, probably about 30 years old, and he looks at me and he says, you were a terrible mayor. And I look at him and I say to him, fuck you. Well, the whole crowd begins to applaud in front of Balducci's. That's New York. That's right. None other than the great Ed Koch, <laughs> who never came out, but Ed Koch was gay. Yeah. And uh, nobody cared the city because they liked Ed Koch. They hated him and they loved him and they loved to see him in office. That's the only reason he was the mayor. He was terrible as a mayor. But, but no, they didn't care because they liked Ed Koch. Okay. That's the only reason. So he, he's dead now. But I guess if he ran nice, fluffy Ed, you'd vote for him too. And then you had, before Ed Koch, you had a Beam, who, who did nothing but have to clean up after the mayor who was before him, John Lindsay. Oh, you don't remember that name? If you remember the 1970s when they had, you could look at online, that they had the uh, headlines, New York is bankrupt, New York is broke. It wasn't Beam's fault, it was because of John Lindsay, who was the uh, second worst mayor of, of all time. The first one was Johnny Walker. But John Lindsay, here you, in the mid-60s, if you look it up, <clears throat> he, had, he was like from central casting to be the next president of the United States. And who wanted him to be president? The Democratic high society types. The Kitty Carlisles, the Arlene Francis. Yes, darling, marvelous. Oh, you'll be a wonderful mayor, Mr. Lindsay. And if you look back then, he was a good-looking guy to run for office. You'd think, oh, boy, this guy, he's going to have it well in hand. They had strike after strike after strike. If you wonder why the Bronx burned, well, that was 77, but it, New York got so bad, so broke, that was the most dangerous time ever to live in that city. And although there, there's things to be missed, like, uh, I don't like what they did. They Disneyfied Times Square. That, that, that sucked. That was Giuliani. And uh, it, it, <laughs> it kind of lost its, its charm. But... Uh, the reason all that went down in flames, and, and literally, is because of John Lindsay, who, who was terrible. He was so bad, he, he died broke and drunk somewhere in North Carolina. John Lindsay. And they were touting him back then to someday be the president. Oh, how great would he be? Look, look, look. He's good looking. He's articulate. John Lindsay, worst mayor, well, second worst mayor of all time for New York City. The, the worst mayor was uh, Johnny Walker, <laughs> Dapper Dan. <laughs> I'm sorry if I'm getting hysterical. I mean, sorry, historical. How old are you? When were you born? 
<clears throat> what it's called, let me explain. It's called reading. R-E-A-D-I-N-G. It's called research. It's called something that the LGBT caucus down here in Broward County, they don't do. They don't research. They don't conduct discovery. What they do is they sit down on their fat ass and watch television all day long. And maybe they think because Bloomberg's running that that, that he his vice president will be the insurance general. This is the mentality that's down here. This county's going to go for, <laughs> in the primary, they're going to go for Bloomberg. And I'm pretty sure the rest of the state, too. Uh, because Florida, well, take it away. Floridians, dumb as dirt. Oi! And then you had the most uh, famous mayor of all, Fiorello LaGuardia. Yeah, that LaGuardia, the airport LaGuardia, who was, uh, again, not that great a mayor. But everybody loved the guy. He read the comics to the kids on Sunday on the radio. And uh, he, he had this fetish about pinball machines. <laughs> he would go into a place that had pinball machines with an axe. And he'd uh, chop up the machines. Hated pinball machines. Fiorello LaGuardia. Okay. Uh, prior to him, well, there was one other guy, I think, O'Dwyer. But prior to him, it was Jimmy Walker in the 1920s. Jimmy Walker, who spent all of his cash on wardrobe. He was the sharpest dressed man in New York City. You want him to be president too? Take a good look at who the mayors were in New York City. You want to run him for president? Seriously? How about Cy Sperling, who just passed away? He was on TV a lot. Remember Cy Sperling with his hair club for men? <laughs> he died, but he was on TV a lot. So why not elect him for president? You TV watching morons out there. I mean, he actually he actually came out, and you saw what an emotionless husk of a, of a person he is. The NDAs will stay in effect. Da, 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 da. Why am I around people? What am I doing here with people? Just watch my commercials and vote for me. And uh, thank you very much, which he did in the, in the, in the debate. Thank you very much. Yeah, why don't you uh, cox a hoist, Mike Bloomberg, and I'll say thank you very much. So, yeah, uh, Cy Sperling. Uh, <laughs> he died? Well, he, he was the, uh, you know, spray your hair on for men type of, for men who would say, like Larry King, I don't have a bone spot. That was one of the many hit songs I produced before I lost my mind. Hello, I'm Phil Spector for the Crazy Hair Club for Crazy Men. You know, when you gun down a woman because she thinks you're a wackadoo and won't acknowledge your true genius, and then you're on trial for her murder, you have to look your best. Not. Ha! Jerry's love eccentric defendants. And that's why I wear a different wig to court every day. There's my Beatles wig, my William Shatner on a bad day wig, and my favorite, the I just peed on an electric fence wig. Ew, what happened to your head? Shut up! Shut up, shut up! Ah, ah, ah. So, uh, uh, anyway, next time you have to dazzle the jury, think of me, Phil Spector, at the Crazy Hair Club for Crazy Men. I'm not only a customer, I'm the head inmate. <laughs> We're turning you on. Go, go with Truth in Radio, the Brit Summers Show, at thebritsummershow.com. Go, go! He's a his bald head is getting tan. 
He's wishing he could get some hair from somewhere. Tired of all the baldy jokes, long-haired folks he likes to choke. Especially that Bon Jovi bloke with the big hair. You're listening to the Brit Summer Show. I recently got to see a Ford versus Ferrari. Uh, I know I'm a trans woman. I'm I'm breaking the rules by talking about motors and and cars and stuff. But uh, hey, you can like cars if you're gay. Why not? Look at this Charles Phoenix. It was hilarious. Charles Phoenix, who's uh, online and on Facebook, who reviews uh, classic American cars in in, in the most hilarious ways, like the. Uh, well, no, I wouldn't say Randy Rainbow, but but he's rather flamboyant about it, and, it, and it's just funny to watch. And you get some really nice rides on there, too. Uh, check it out. Uh, Charles Phoenix. <laughs> Whenever you hear the word Phoenix, it means it doesn't exist. So, you know, like the uh, online Phoenix College. Anyway, I saw Ford versus Ferrari, and I'll, I'll tell you, if you didn't see it yet, uh, I won't spoil it for you, but I will say... <laughs> Those of you out there who who know who John Bernthal is, the ca- the casting in this movie was uh, I mean, with the exception of Kristen Bale, the movie pretty much is about. And I'm not giving you a spoiler. It's about Ken Miles, the Shelby team driver, uh, who deserves a deserves a tribute. He was he was not just an amazing driver, but a hell of an engineer. And I'm like, how are you going to make a movie? Because I I know who these people are, and it pretty much. They were all engineers. <laughs> it's like, how are you going to make an exciting movie out of it? Well, what, it's easy. You just change the story around to make it like a movie. And you get John Bernthal, who played the Punisher. He's uh, one of the Marvel characters. John Bernthal, who plays like Rambo characters where, you know, he's like, you know, he just kills people all through whatever movie he's in. <laughs> he's playing Lee Iacocca. <laughs> What kind of acid? They took the brown acid when they cast this movie. John Bernthal as Lee Iacocca, confidently overseeing Ford projects. It's just, it's just hard to... Carol Shelby, who from a young age looked like Forrest Tucker. It was hard for me to get used to seeing Matt Damon. Oh, that, all through the movie, I'm like, oh, that's right, Matt Damon's supposed to be Carol Shelby, who looks nothing like... 
He got the uh, mannerisms down and the accent and all that, but he looked nothing like Carol Shelby. And uh, very little is mentioned about Dan Gurney, who uh, was an integral part of Shelby America, the, the uh, racing team. He did get mentioned. There's, there's a couple of things wrong with that movie. I'm not even quite sure I should say anything yet because not everybody's seen it. But let me just say that <laughs> once you've seen it, and I'll, maybe I'll go back to this, they Hollywooded a lot of it up, and it's it's entertaining. It's a fun watch. Enjoy it. But it's really inaccurate. Oh, boy. Anyway, we'll, I'll get back to that another time. I just had to mention that because I was really looking forward to it. I'm like, no, no, that's not exactly how it happened. No, no, it wasn't Iacocca who went to Ferrari. It was actually Shelby who worked for Ferrari for a very brief time. And Shelby stole all of his uh, secrets. <laughs> but, uh, but that's not in the movie. And there's a whole bunch, there's a lot more to it that they didn't get around to. But it's primarily a movie about Ken Miles. And if they titled the movie... Ken Miles, no one wouldn't go, would go watch it because no one knows who he is, unless you're in the, you know, into automotive uh, culture, then uh, you would know Ken Miles, one of the greatest race drivers of all time, and it's pretty much all about him, and that's fine because it makes a great story. The rest of it uh, <laughs> was kind of like, uh, uh, well, for those who aren't otherwise aware, it, it's a great movie. It's fun to watch. But since you're listening to the Brit Summer Show, here's something I'll, why I'll bet you didn't know. The movie uh, is about the racing team for the Ford GT40, which did beat Ferrari. I mean, that's not a spoiler. It did beat Ferrari in uh, 66, and I think again in 67, but then Ford defunded the, uh, the racing team. Why? Because he was a asshole. And what many don't, aren't aware of, is that the uh, if you watch any film made today or any TV show made right now, that's on the air right now, that uh, you hear car sound effects or overdubbed sound effects for cars, doesn't matter what kind of car, what kind of vehicle it is, the engine sounds that they use, well, you'll know what I'm talking about. Whenever they show a car in gravel or dirt, you always hear the tire skid, which doesn't happen, but that's called an overdub, just to simplify what I'm saying. Well, the engine noise that they use, all the way, all the way to right now. I mean, you can watch like, uh, well, it's just coming back on the air, Blacklist, and whenever there's a car chasing that, which they have a lot of them, uh, it could be a Mercedes limo, it could be, a Tesla. It doesn't matter what the vehicle is. It could be a truck. It could be an SUV. It could be a Volkswagen Beetle. The sound effects they use from that are all from the sound effects that were made for Bullet in 1968. Yes, that very same movie where the car today, one of, there were three cars, but the one that remains from that movie uh, sold for $3 million at, uh, I think, Barrett-Jackson. I, I can't remember which auction. $3 million that Mustang went for. But the sound effects they overdubbed the movie with are being used today. You hear them on your favorite movies and television shows to this day. So what was 68? It was uh, 52 years ago. That's how old those sound effects are. And those sound effects that they used for Bullet were those of a Ford GT40 and... Brand new for 1968, a uh, 428 Cobra Jet Ford engine. 
uh, I'm pretty sure it came out in the Mustang. It was very um, expensive at the time. Now, not many of them were around. But yeah, a 428 Ford Cobra Jet engine and the GT40 were both the sound effects they use in Bullet, and they use them right now. A- anything, anything you watch, CSI, whatever you watch, where there's car chases, that is the sound of a GT40 or a 428 Cobra Jet. The same sound effects. These ones you hear right now. That's from the movie Bullet. And you've heard them a million times. Even the idling sounds. Any show you're watching now, that is a GT40 or a 428 Cobra Jet. Why am I telling you this? Why is this of any importance? It's because it gets away from goddamn politics. It's a little motorhead vacay, let's call it. But even that you can't move away Even that you can't get away with. Because the orange disease took a lap around the Daytona 500. He took a lap around the Daytona 500 with the beast. The uh, bulletproof, bombproof limo. Uh, what was the point of that, Schittler? What was the point of that? Play to the base? Well, that's easy enough. First of all, <laughs> it was rained out. Great timing, Don. And there were his little sycophants. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just bring out the official pace car. See what it is this year. I don't even know what it is because he stole that. I'm certain he didn't know that Hitler did the rounds. That was the uh, the pictures you see from the 36 Olympics. I'm certain he doesn't know what the hell that is. But somebody sure did their homework because it was the exact same optics. I have some audio from that, as a matter of fact, from the All-American Daytona 500 race. It wasn't a Mercedes this time. It was a bulletproof Caddy uh, SUV. A Chevy truck, to be more precise. Don't you love it when people spend eighty to $100,000 on a Cadillac Escalade or whatever the hell they're selling now? Uh, and it's a $25,000 Chevy truck. GM's making a fortune on that. In fact, I just got an uh, uh, inquiry lately regarding the uh, Camaro and whether or not they're going to continue that. Well, GM is still up in the air about that. They're not talking. But I can tell you this. It's the only rear-wheel drive car left that they make, and it must be sp- killing them because they want. What they like to do is is combine every car they make onto one into one line, so they save money that way instead of having a separate assembly facility for one car. And that's what they have to do with the Camaro since it's still a rear-wheel drive. By the way, is that yeah the SRT the Challenger is still yeah that's rear-wheel drive too. Chrysler's doing it too, but. Uh, it's hurting GM because uh, they're not seeing as much profit as they'd like. So they're thinking about shutting that down. You know, another wise corporate decision, like back in, uh, what was it, 99, 2000, when they stopped making the Firebird in favor of the Aztec. Oh, yeah, that was a brilliant corporate move that they still make those kinds of mistakes today. But as you know, when you're going to business college, one of the lessons they teach you, MBA 101, Never admit you fucked up. Never admit you made a mistake. And while we're on the topic of uh, car racing, you recall a while back I did a bit about Willie T. Ribs. 
uh, who was the, uh, not the first, but an African-American race car driver not all that long ago. Uh, and uh, I did a comedy bit about it, but I always wanted to see the movie. Now, I knew a movie was being made about Willie T. Ribs. I never knew it was released. I never know they got it done. I never knew it was even in the theaters. And then I'm tooling around on uh, Netflix, and there it is. I'm like, what, what? The title of the movie, and how many times have I talked about this? If they do a biopic, they're certain to pick a title that has nothing to do with the uh, subject matter or, or anything close to who the biopic's about. So naturally, I never saw the Willie T. Ribs movie because it's not called that. Now get this. The name of the movie is, and it's on Netflix, the name of the movie is Uppity. You heard me right. That's the name of the Willie T. Ribs movie. And any of the white people who back 20 years ago gave me a hard time about the comedy bit, uh, it wasn't that many. I guess they had no problem with uh, calling his movie Uppity. You know, if I had not seen a race car in the picture and looked at the very small print beneath it, it says Uppity, the story of Willie T. Ribs. <laughs> I would not have known. But yeah, that's the name of the movie. Uppity. Look at who that is. Everybody look at who that is. Lordy, lordy, look at who that is. Daddy Willie T. Ribs. He's a racing whiz. Racing around in his car, that is. The race driver that never wins. Daddy Willie T. Ribs. Now see here, all you kids, they call me Mr. Ribs. One day soon I'll win a race in my Rocket 88. Oh, well, uh, hey, baby, you sure look fine today. Uh-huh, Mr. Ribs, did you win the race? Oh, well, I came in at 35th place. Well, you earned yourself some ribs on a plate. Forget that, honey. How's about a date? Uh-uh, I ain't gonna take that chance. Mm -hmm. Not if you keep coming in last. Is that why you don't go out with me? You ain't too slow, you can't compete. Well, I may be slow on the street, but I shall be fast on my feet. You have been listening to the Brit Summer Show, and I thank everybody on the ground, everybody for tuning in and listening and actually getting past my lead-in, which apparently now is uh, some diabetes show, diabetes, and uh, that ought to be exciting and fun to sit through to wait for the show to go on. I thank, for, I thank you for your patience, and I apologize on behalf of the programming of this radio station because it's unbeknownst to me. I just heard about this. I mean, it used to be a, a psychic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, I don't know. Which would you rather have, Boca? Would you rather have a psychic or a diabetes show? Be careful about your feet. If your feet start swelling up, you may have to cut them off. What are you going to talk about diabetes for a half hour for? 
I hope he's a Bernie supporter because he's going to have to tell his listeners, whoever the guy is, that they're going to have to pay hundreds of dollars each month to get their medication. And if Bernie gets an office, it'll go away. Free medication. And you know why? Because health is a human right. Despite what the centrist Democrats say, hell, and the Republicans, health is a human right. And with that, I'll see you again here next week on 95.3, 96.9, 103.9, 1470, WWNN. You found the place for trans substantiation. The Brit Summers Show. Yeah, why not? I'm going to kill good time. Here is a forgotten song from 1972 by Jojo Gunn, who happens to have been half the band, called Spirit. And it's got some really groovy slide guitar. And that's why I'm playing it, because I like it. You like it? Yes. You better ride on, baby. You was born outside of the law.
Run, 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 Jojo Gunn, and you are listening to The Brit Summer Show on Skyhawk Radio. Sky Talk Radio. FYI Nation, SoFlow Radio. Tune in, Stitcher, Patreon, Google Play With This, and thebritsummershow.com, where I thank you in advance for clicking on the uh, donate button. And uh, again, I have to uh, extol my deep gratitude to the primary underwriter of this program, Ernie. Thank you, Ernie, and thanks to all who send uh, whatever you got. Uh, This is a listener-supported program, and if you don't got any gelt, that's okay by me, because if you're online or on your phone or whatever it is, if you want to send my uh, link around, that's appreciated as well, and I thank you. Okay, so we have a Russian plant in the White House who's overt about it, right out there, does not care. Uh, this Joe McGuire, the uh, Department of National Intelligence, the DMI, which, by the way, was developed by the same guy who sold poisonous gas to Saddam Hussein back in 86 or 7, better known as Don Rumsfeld. And uh, that investigation was all hushed up. And you know by who? Why, none other than the same Bill Barr who's hushing up investigations right now as I speak. So here we have Joe McGuire who was leaving anyway, sent one of his uh, assistants to uh, a woman, I forget her name, to uh, Congress, as they're supposed to do, saying that Russia is a threat to our election in 2020. And uh, Trump got all pissed off because he wants to defend his his buddy Vlad, his butt pal. And uh, so he, before Joe McGuire has a chance to voluntarily step down, which he was planning to do, uh, he fires him and puts in Rich Grinnell, who happens to be openly a self-hating one at that, and a Trump supporter, a, uh, a, a tweeter, and one of these conspiracist uh, assholes who, as a favor, was appointed to be ambassador to Germany. And what does he do? He fires up support for the, the rise of Nazism again in Germany. Because uh, this guy, he wants that pink star, and he wants to take a nap in an oven. This uh, Rich Grinnell. Oh, oh, wait a minute, I take that back. He doesn't think that'll happen to him. These guys, these people are insane. They're they're fucking whacked. So he puts him, this guy, in, never any security background, nothing, nothing except that he was a uh, Fox News pundit. And now, what do we have in charge of the Department of National Intelligence? Who are they in charge of? The FBI, the CIA, the NSA. And how how low can morale be? What if you work for the CIA or the FBI and you spent your whole life defending this country or spying for this country like the CIA does? Anyway, de- devoting, dedicating your life to defend the Constitution of the United States. And this douchebag is appointed to oversee what you do. A well-known douchebag. So now he's the uh, douchebag of national intelligence. Uh, I'm concerned. Because of what Barr did to the Justice Department, you have all those prosecutors walking off the job. And then, so what's going to happen with the CIA and the FBI? These people have to be devastated to be shit on like this by an orange oaf fucker and the rest of his mentally retarded supporters. Where's the outrage? So I ask you, where's the outrage? Where's the fists in the air? Where's the taking it to the streets? Where's the protests? 
uh, it's not the 60s anymore. Now we can binge watch. We're binge watching. What's on Netflix tonight? The country's being just handed to a foreign enemy, Russia. It's just being handed to him. Putin, even he admitted publicly that he is going to do everything he can to get Trump reelected in 2020. So President Fatfuck and his uh, refuglicans are saying it's a hoax. It's definitely not a hoax. In fact, uh, Bernie was approached that he has bots. Comes as no surprise to me that there are bots infiltrating uh, his campaign. And that could be a big reason why he's having this problem of uh, attacks, the bullying online and all that, which he addressed. He addressed it quite well during the debates. And now it's confirmed, yeah. He's got, we've got bots involved. And in, in Sanders' campaign, don't need you. It's not needed. Why? Because, oh, we're fine. Don't need you. The uh, Steve Bannon plan all along was to dismantle the administrative state. And this dumbass that they've got in there is letting them do it. And I say them because he has no fucking idea what he's doing. It's the people around him who are actually pulling his strings. Not just Putin, but the right-wing nutfucks like Steve Miller. Oh, he got married. He's married, you know. <laughs> yeah. To a modern-day version of Ava Braun. <laughs> They're bright. He's in place. Now we have the whole world on the plate. <laughs> you reckless The Nazi Pope. I tell you, everything's coming a fascist. Roll the train. Build the cap, raise the price of a gallon of gas. They won't mind. They have no mind. Talk that everything's coming up fascist. Now's our ending. To stand the world on its ear. <laughs> the power is dizzy. <laughs> Let's kill some doctors and queers. Conquer the world, starting with Iraq. And wrap ourselves in the American flag. Those who dissent will make them dead. I tell you, everything's going up. Everything's going up. You're listening to the Brit Summer Show. And now, uh, a, a few shows back, I, I'm not done with this yet. A few shows back, I was talking about this guy. <laughs> This nobody named Joe Rogan. Well, I, I was forced by social media gunpoint to look him up and see who this guy was. And as, as it turns out, it was a waste of my time. But uh, this guy, Joe Rogan, you know, you know what he's really got going for him? The same thing that this little girl, this Billie Eilish, has going for her. And that is representation, a, a publicist. Which you pay for, which you buy... And their job is to plant their names into your head. Now, this Billie Eilish, I've seen her, uh, not a lot of them, but enough to know that she lacks any discernible talent. <laughs> and she whispers through a song. Uh, okay, uh, who else used to do that? Leonard Cohen, I think. Leonard Cohen. And uh, so her publicist happens to be MBW which is one of the biggest in L.A. And that tells me her parents, who are probably in their uh, late 20s, early 30s, because she's like 12, they're quite well healed. 
because uh, not everybody can just hire MBW talent and then have them uh, publicize your career. And it turns out, <laughs> she, Billie Eilish, this little girl is doing the James Bond thing. In fact, it's already out there. And if you ask me, in my humble opinion, it sucks. And, uh, I mean, I can whisper. And if I hire MBW for my publicist, I can have a hit song whispering like that, too. When you think about it, famous female vocalists who had solid careers, who were solidly talented, who had a hell of a resume, a Shirley Bassey, Goldfinger, Carly Simon. Uh, 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 granted, she came from money, too, but she built her own career on her own, to her credit. She, she didn't just, like this kid, she didn't just splash onto the scene, pre-equipped with a publicist. But you have to, if it wasn't for these publicists, and these agents, these, these very expensive agencies, you would never heard of Billie Eilish. You would have never heard of Joe Rogan, who, it turns out, hired JSM out of Los Angeles. If you, if you want to succeed in uh, any part of show business these days, you have to hire a publicist. It goes without saying. Or you just sit on the beach with uh, your, your finger up your butt like I do. Uh, because I can't afford... Now, uh, on a local level, I was offered a publicist here in Florida. Florida! Now, would you hire a publicist out of Florida? If you do, I hope you know how to fold animal balloons. Because that's about as much as they'll get you. No, uh, for me, if I was smart... And if I had the money, I'd move to L.A. and hire a publicist or, or New York because that's the only way it works anymore. Not even Chicago anymore. Not so much even New York. You have to go to L.A. But Florida? <laughs> yeah, right. Florida. And uh, this was a, a, a local publicist down here. <laughs> and they wanted $250 a month, which is probably a bargain to have a publicist. Uh, but I can't afford that, and uh, they're not going to get it, so uh, whatever. I can't afford a publicist, even at 250 a month. You know what they must be paying in L.A., an L.A.-based agency like MBW? I don't know. I don't know the amount, but uh, it's probably 10 times the amount of $250 a month, which is what it was offered to me, and um, I turned it down. Not so much because I can't afford it, but they're based in Florida. How... <laughs> How much could that produce? Come on. Maybe they could get me a job uh, doing karaoke at uh, a local uh, restaurant. Now appearing 7.30 Wednesday nights right here at Jimbo's All You Can Eat Clam House. Good evening, everybody. Here's a little number I think you're going to enjoy. Yeah, that that's what $250 a month will get me. So, yeah, that's this Joe Rogan. He has a JSM. And that's why... People know who he is, or even pay attention to him, this Joe Rogan guy. So so this, and here I am talking about him, only because he's all over to Facebook, he's all over online, uh, and uh, I could care less about him, but he's reminiscent, at least looking at him, of uh, a sports talk show guy that we had here in South Florida. Now, every time I, ha I play one of these bits, 
And I know I got some Neelys out there waiting to hear these things again. But this uh, show goes worldwide. But I keep forgetting. I want to go through the uh, stats on my GoDaddy site to, just to let you know what countries this show's really big in. And again, surprisingly, I'm big in the Ukraine. <laughs> yeah, it does go all over the world, uh, even though it's from uh, South Florida, uh, paradise. <clears throat> uh-huh. So uh, <laughs> when I play these comedy bits, these mo bits as we were calling them, Nobody knows what they are. Uh, yeah, it may sound funny, but no one gets it. So here, a real quick recap. We were at this all-sports radio station, WQAM, which is uh, barely in existence anymore. And they hired this guy named Howard David, who was a sports guy, sports announcer or something. And they promoted his show for several weeks. He finally goes on the air. And on the launch, his pilot, the debut of the Howard David show, uh, his first show is about what's wrong with athletes raping cheerleaders. What's wrong with that? That was his topic. Uh, So he was off on the right foot now, wasn't he? So with that, now his contract maybe went to two years. He wasn't on that long. But my comedy bits became an entity on their own, and I did them for like five years, even after long after he he was gone. Because after that one show he did, where he said rape was okay, if you're an if if you're an athlete, it's all right. <laughs> I had him, and, and every comedy bit I made, he invariably was raped viciously at the end. He got raped. That was the gag. And, uh, of course, his uh, partner on the air was uh, Steve Geldstein. Oh, talk like this! Whenever you hear that that voice, that was Steve Geldstein. And somehow, somehow... Now, I never met the guy, but by all reports, he's a nice guy. So, I just make fun of his voice, which is awful. Now he's the uh, announcer for the uh, South Florida Panthers! <laughs> I, I couldn't help myself when I heard about this Joe Rogan... And, and I've never heard him before, but I can only imagine that he sounds just like Mo Howard and David with a Brooklyn voice. Do, 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 do. And that's how he used to talk on the air. And the reason we called him Mo is because he had the attitude of Mo Howard, you moron. <laughs> well, here, here's my impression of the famous, the famous. Oh, you don't know Joe Rogan. And if you don't understand it, then just enjoy it. After a long day on the golf course, dressed gaily in colors so bright it would embarrass a circus clown, you need to reaffirm your manhood with a good slice. Nothing improves your game more than nice, clean, shiny balls. Yes, sir, this dandy little machine washes your balls spick and span. And it's small enough to carry around in your checkered pants. And it gives your balls a licking that'll improve your swing. The Amalgamated Golf Ball Washer. Mention my name when you buy one, and you'll get it for the uh, regular price. The radio show slash podcast you've been listening to has been the Brit Summer Show on Skyhawk Radio Sky. Talkradio.com, FYINation.com, SoFloRadio.com, TuneIn, Stitcher, Patreon, BritSummerShow.com. Uh, that's right. Uh, Google, play with this. And I looked at stats on there, by the way, and yeah, some people are playing with it. Right there on the Google, which uh, makes me happy. I'm glad you enjoy the show. And next week, damn it, I'm going to actually get to the, uh, the GoDaddy stats. It's just just because it's hilarious. The places this show is really hot in. <laughs> oh. 
until then, that's the way I see the world from here. And this is Brit Summer saying, Hey, Mike Bloomberg, you know what Ed Koch said about you? You were a terrible mayor. Fuck you. You find the fun. Radiates around the Brit Summer Show.